The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's up? What's going on? Hey, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to Build Your Tribe. This is a part two episode. Part one was a maze balls, if I do say so myself. The guest today is Wynn Claybaugh. If you haven't listened to part one, you'll be okay listening to part two. But I mean, why wouldn't you? Part one was off the chain. So if you need to do things in order, go back and listen to part one. If not, you can listen to part one after you listen to this one. Welcome to Build Your Tribe with your host, Shalene Johnson. But in case you missed it, today's guest is Wynn Claybaugh. He's the dean and co-owner of Paul Mitchell Schools. He's a motivational speaker, an expert, and the author of the book, Be Nice or Else, which I highly recommend. Wynn is a business builder. He's a leader. What's crazy is he's the owner of Paul Mitchell Schools, but he has no hair. He's bald. I love it. And he's never been a hairdresser. So how do you build this big internationally known brand and at the same time develop your own brand? Well, that's what we talked about in part one. In this version, part two, what we dig into is how your personal brand is built by the people that you select, the team that you build, the culture that you develop, the people that you surround yourself with. And I don't know about you, but for me, that was like a light bulb moment realizing not just the people that I hire, but the people that I don't fire have a reflection on my personal brand. Even when we're working inside a major organization that isn't of itself its own brand, right? So many of you listening may be in network marketing or you're working for a company or you're working for a corporation that you you believe in that corporation, you believe in their brand, but at the same time, it's really, really important that you're developing your own brand. And that means while you're working for fill in the blank company, if you've got to build a team, if you are a person who's in charge of hiring and developing culture and leadership, your brand is developing at the same time. See, every move that we make has an effect on our reputation and the way people perceive us. So this episode is super powerful. I can't think of a person who doesn't need to listen to it. Without further ado, part two of my interview with Wynn Claybaugh. Wynn Claybaugh, thank you so much for joining me for part two of our discussion about personal branding. Shalene, I am honored. I am just thrilled to be sending this message out, especially with you leading the way. Well, let's get to it. What would you say to those people who maybe are, um, they're staying inside of a brand, like they represent, um, a product or a service that, you know, they're spending so much time building their own brand that they aren't uh, embracing that thing that's paying the bills? Like, do you okay. need to love your company? Do you need to be waving the company flag? If they are paying you, mm-hmm. then yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, people say, well, when I need motivation today, you know what? I pay you to show up to, to work motivated. <laughs> yeah. You know, did, did are the lights turned on? Did, was your paycheck late? I, I pay you to show up to work prepared. 
which includes motivation and stuff and, and loving the brand. But, but to, to answer your question more directly, you know, I like to say have integrity or die. Mm. And, and I've had people who, who worked for me. So I have a couple of bad examples, but then I have some good examples as well. People who worked for me without my knowledge were using company time and even company resources, computers, printers, office supplies to build a real estate company. Mm or to support their church. Mm. You know, had they come to me and said, hey, when, you know, I'm trying to help my church raise money. Well, cool. Then I got other resources and maybe this can work and we can do this together. But when they do it behind my back, mm. um, I have a friend and I, I love this story that he, he worked for, he managed an, an apartment complex. He was the manager. And so he could come and go and, and you know, the, the, the owners of the apartment complex, if he was gone, well, then he was out buying supplies or he was out doing something else. And so it's not like they questioned him every time he left the office. But what he did was he got another job. So he was actually taking two salaries. And, uh, and he, he said, well, when I'm only going to do this for a short period of time so that I can pay off my car. Well, he got to the point where he was just getting ready to pay off his car. So, again, taking two salaries, neither company knew that he was doing this. So, all without integrity. Yes. Uh, got the money to pay off his car. He was in a car accident. And the exact amount of money that he had to pay to fix his car was the amount of money that he had earned by working for the two companies. And he was like, you know what? This is the universe telling me I screwed up. I screwed up. You know, you, you thought you can get away with it, but no, you can't. I agree. I think we are abundantly blessed when we do things, not for the money, but we're doing things the right way for the right people. And not because it's going to be seen by others, but because it's right, because you lay your head down at night and you say, I'm proud of that. If somebody finds this out, I don't have to have any shame. I'm proud of it. And you know what you said in the beginning of our time together here today, mentioning that if what it is you're after is the money. It, that's, it's just going to create problems for you. It just, it doesn't work. The universe doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. And yeah, it's great to have it. But when that's our sole focus, you do things that compromise integrity. You make excuses. All of those examples you just gave are excuses. And there should be, there should never be an excuse for lying, being deceitful, deceiving others. Th th those for me are deal breakers. Like you, you can show up late. And I'm going to forgive you. You can show up in a bad mood and I'm going to forgive you. But if you lie to me, that's a deal breaker. Yeah. <laughs> and, and people may be listening to this thinking, well, if I go to my company and say, you know, hey, can I also build my personal brand? And they're going to tell me no and fire me. Well, OK. You know, guess what? We, we've all had to walk away or get fired or 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 end something that we thought was going to sustain us. Mm -hmm. That's that's the role. That's the the, the courage of being an entrepreneur. Speaking of some of the personal policies that you have with the people you work with and the team that you've built around you, how much of who you are and what you stand for um, is important in the team and the people that you bring on? Because, I mean, you've got so many schools and so many leaders and so many moving parts and pieces. There are times, I'm sure, when it feels as though you've got to just take you know, whoever's available. What is your guiding principle as it pertains to building leaders and the types of teammates you bring into uh, your business? If, if you have your why already figured out, this is why I'm building a brand. This is the why behind being a good parent, behind being a good spouse. This is the why behind trying to make money. Have that established first so that 
your 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 integrity is intact so that when things come along, it's not a tough decision. Mm. Uh, like you just said, you can be late and I'll forgive you. You can be in a bad mood and I'll forgive you. Lie to me. I mean, obviously, Shalene, you and Brett made that decision a long time ago. Hey, if an employee lies to us, that's a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. And, and so you have to kind of decide what your own deal breakers are. Like one of mine, with my employees is, are they, are they being irresponsible or are they being disrespectful? Mm. Um, towards you or, or towards each other or just in general? In general. Like I just had a situation last week where a bunch of my employees, and, and to say the truth, a lot of them were leaders in my company. And they they did something really stupid. They weren't vindictive. They weren't vicious. They weren't. They just did something stupid. Mm-hmm. And when I finally found out about it and brought it to their attention, all of them were like, oh, my gosh, we are so sorry. We screwed up. Now, had they come to me and like, well, you know, screw you when I'm a grown adult, I can do whatever I want. Well, then that would have been the deal breaker. Yeah. In- instead, it just turned into a wonderful learning experience. They all looked at each other like, what the heck were we thinking? I Meaning they were just irresponsible. And I and I can I can handle that. I think that's kind of the same philosophy that you and, and Brett have. But um um I think I lost your question. No, that was exactly the answer I was looking for. Just, you know, what are the the things that shape the way your personal brand has an effect on the team and the people that you um surround yourself with and and that the people that you hire, you know, those kinds of decisions are sometimes difficult when you, you need to bring somebody on and the, you, you wish you had a crystal ball. So you, you wish right. you knew the integrity of every person who you've interviewed three or four times, you've looked at their resume, but sometimes those things don't show up until they're, they're on the team. And some people interview really well. And, uh, you know, and, and some of the people who are listening right now, maybe you're looking at hiring your first part-time person. What advice do you have for finding people who embody you, should we look at people who embody the brand that we represent or who we are as a brand? A little bit of both. Mm-hmm. So now, now I get where you're going with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love the line of don't fault me for who I hire, fault me for who I do not fire. Ooh, That's not com- a comfortable thing to do either. You know, what, what do they say? We, we hire slow, we fire fast. Yeah, yeah. And not that I'm always sticking with that you know so i'm guilty of that mm-hmm. you know thinking my gosh this person should have been gone a year ago and yet they're still here and that's and i and that's all on me yeah i have to take responsibility for that and meaning sometimes the people those listening to this because i'll have people come to me say hey i just started my new salon my new my new company and this is my team and in the back of my head i'm thinking 80 mm, percent of these people will be gone within six months mm. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not saying that to them, sure. but that's just sometimes the reality, meaning that, that the partners and the team that you thought were going to take you there may not be that. Mm. And so just realize now that because like you say, people interview really, really well, mm-hmm. and then you find out later that they they don't have that integrity or they, they don't have that same mindset. But here's the deal. You can't fire somebody unless people know exactly what was expected of them. The reason why I wrote my book, Be Nice, it wasn't to be a book. It was to be an employee manual because when when we only had one location and I was showing up to that location every single day, it was me there personally being able to share with people, this is who we are. This is what we stand for. Well, when there is multiple locations and I don't have the luxury of being in every location every single day, well, then people can misinterpret what we stand for and and who we are, which is why it had to be written down. Mm. Because we fire people, (laughs) 
we terminate people or we we some sometimes blackball people. We blackball people who are still on our payroll, which doesn't make sense to me. But What does that mean, blackball? What do you mean we blackball people? Oh, we, we're, we're still paying them, but in the back of our minds, we're like setting traps for them. Mm, oh, that's so true. Guilty, guilty. Okay, but they do. They fall right into that trap. Yeah, yeah they're late. I know they're going to have a bad attitude. I'm still paying you, but I know you're going to have a bad attitude about this. Is that because we're trying to give people um, a second chance, or is that because we doubt our own instinct? We don't have the courage to terminate. Okay, say it like it is. This is what it is. Yeah, you're right. But, but if you don't know why, if you don't mean it, if you aren't really clear, like people know if you're going to work for me, you're going to get involved in fundraising. It's, there's not an option here. If you're going to work for me, you're, you're also going to know that I respect your private time. I'm not going to call you on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can expect that from me. What I expect back from you is blah, blah, blah. Right. So, um, but but it, it has to be written down. So I wrote everything down, which then eventually became a book. But so that there was no question in a brand new location as they're going through team trainings. And I've never personally met these people they know exactly who we are, what we stand for, what's expected of them. They agree to it. And if they screw up, if they get off track, which they all do, there's a system in place to help them get back on track. Because sometimes people either won't do their job, which can be an attitude issue, and we can address that, or they can't do their job. Sometimes people don't do their job, and it's because they don't have the right resources. They don't have the right training. So it's not an attitude issue. It's they, they can't. They can't because we haven't set them up for success yet. So, Do people know what is expected of them before they even decide to accept a position? Absolutely. Mm. You know, again, higher, slow, higher, slow. This is our dress code. Can you agree to this? Mm. Here's exactly, and it's written down. If you can't agree this, to this, no, no problem. You, you can go find a company that you're going to fit re- really well into. You know, some airlines, the employees can, you know, ve- dress very, very casual in their khakis and, and other airlines have a very strict uniform. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't work for, for one of these other airlines if, if you are wearing the Southwest Airlines uniform. You know, they're, they're, they're different. So just what do you agree to? But if, if, I, if I hired you for this company – and I kept it a secret or I didn't um, disclose to you what those standards are, what those policies are, uh, what the, the mindset is of our company. If I don't disclose that to you, how can I fault you for not obeying that or, or performing that way? I love this. It's laws of attraction. And I think what you've just done is helped those who are struggling sometimes to attract the right customers and struggling sometimes to attract teammates that match their brand and match what it is that they stand for. You know, your book is entitled Be Nice or Else. I think sometimes we think people are watching us and they should have picked up on these things. But I also believe we've got to state them. I mean, I am constantly telling my audience who I am. They can watch me and figure it out, but it's it's easier to process when there's so much stimulus coming at people when rather than asking them to watch and come to their own conclusions, I'm going to make the conclusion for you. I'm going to tell you what it is I stand for and what's important to me and what I won't tolerate and what I do think matters most. And I'm, I'm going to tell you these things so that those are the types of customers I attract. I'm going to tell you these things so that you know what to expect if you're going to come and work with me. So I think for everyone listening, 
you need two things. You, you need help, period, end of subject. You need help. Your business, your brand, your idea, your message doesn't get bigger if it's just you. You need help. And you need to attract people who are aligned with your brand. That's how it gets stronger and bigger. The other thing you need is more customers. And you want to attract customers who know in advance what they get. And what you've just said is so important. Like, put it in writing. I've never even thought about that. I, I'm always telling the world what I stand for, but to put it in writing is really powerful. And maybe for those who are thinking of, in terms of their recruiting, don't just accept anybody. Put it in writing what your expectations are in advance. You may have to go through 100 people before you find the person that's really going to stick. Mm. Uh, we, we call it systems. You know, systems run your company. Uh, and people don't run your company because people aren't consistent. Hmm. Like, for, for example, if, hmm. if, if how we run the front desk is only in the head of my receptionist, if she quits or goes on vacation for a couple of days, well, then the front desk falls apart. Now you, you can call any of my schools and everybody will answer the phone the exact same way. It's a great day at Palmetto School. This is when. How may I assist you? Mm. Now, if I left it up to them to answer the phone however they want to answer the phone, they're having a bad day. Well, it's a screwed up day at Palmetto <laughs> School, meaning there's a system for everything, not just for payroll or how you keep your business clean. There's a cultural system. This is who we are. This is what we stand for. There's a culture at Disney. If you went to work for McDonald's, you cannot show up with your own recipe for cooking a hamburger. They don't care. Even if you think your recipe is far better, they don't care. Can I say that I have a culture? Should I start thinking about my culture when it's right now it's just me or me and one part-time virtual assistant? What, you know, when do I start thinking about culture? <laughs> Day one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What, what does that mean? Like, Because I think sometimes people assume culture is... Um, the, the way the place feels when you walk in. So what, what should we think about when we think of culture? Well, it does, it does mean that. Two different pizza parlors, exact same product, good, good pizza, same pricing, same decor, same everything. You walk into one pizza parlor and it just feels toxic. It feels mm -hmm. bad energy. Uh, you, you, you can see it in the, in the demeanor of the, uh, the staff that work there. You walk into another one and it just feels like, wow, this is fabulous. I want to hang out here. I want to spend time here. I want to bring my computer next time and get some emails done while I'm drinking my coffee or eating my pizza or getting my hair done or whatever. Well, that doesn't happen by accident. Mm. And, and so I would say it's the culture behind the product. Culture is a feeling. And, and the culture, if I were to talk about the culture of, of Paul Mitchell. Please, I'd love to hear that. I think those specifics really help our listeners. Okay, well, creating a, a healthy, safe, loving environment. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I believe that employees have three basic human needs. Number one, to feel safe. And, and, and by the way, when you're thinking, well, what, well, of course they're safe. Nobody's hitting them. Well, you, a, a lot of cultures are based on fear. Uh, why? Because the boss is leading with fear. Your, your job is threatened every single day just because that's if you fear me, then you will follow me. And it's such old school leadership, but a lot of companies still run that way. And I could be the best employee of that company. But, you know, I, I have a joke for you. So uh, a man's given a tour of his facility and the, and the person asks him, so how many people work here? And the man responds with, oh, about half. <laughs> and the reason why that can happen 
is because people are living in fear. Mm. And, and, and if you're living in fear, are you at your best? Do, do I get your best performance no. if you're living in fear? No. People aren't engaged. Maybe they're engaged with their time. Why? They need a paycheck. They show up for one thing only, and that's to get paid. But they're not engaged with their hearts, with their talents, with their, with their minds, with their souls. And when you can get full engagement from people, that's when you get the best performance out of them. What type of fear are you talking about? Like, Describe the type of culture that would have people working in fear. Uh, the boss walks in and everybody just feels fearful. Fearful of they what, though? Feel- Is he going to like start throwing things? Well, that 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 can happen. <laughs> you know, I know when I walk into my facility, first of all, if I walk in, let's say I walk into my school, mm-hmm. there are 300 people in that building every single day. Some of them are customers, some are students, some are employees. Let's say that I'm, I'm in a really good mood, but I also happen to be very busy. I have a lot of things I got to take care of today. So I park my car, walk through the front doors, walk right past all 300 people, go to the back office and close the door. Why? I have a lot of work I have to get done that day. Mm. What is the buzz in that building in about two minutes? He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's in a bad mood. Oh, yeah, that too. Everybody lay low today. Don't go near the boss. And if there is that type of a feeling in my company, what happens to teamwork that day? What happens to creativity that day? Mm. What happens to profits that day? Right now, the manager in that building could come back and say, hey, when um, everybody out there thinks that you're in a really bad mood and I could respond and say, well, I'm not. In fact, I'm in a really good mood. Where's that going to get me? Meaning it's not I don't have to I don't need to just own people's. My, my, my reality, I need to own people's perception oh, of me. Oh, that's good. Tweet that. The reality of me could be I'm in a good mood. But if nobody knows that I'm in a good mood, I need to own their perception. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I, how do I handle that? How do I address that? It can take me 30 minutes to, to land in an office. And what am I doing in those first 30 minutes? I am walking to every square inch of that building. Right now, as we do this podcast, I'm in an office and I think there's about 15 people who work in this office. Mm -hmm. Before I ever came into this office where I'm sitting right now doing this podcast with you, I went to every single one of those people. I hugged them. How are you doing? What's going on? Had conversations about their children or about something else. I'll do that in the school. It can take me 30 minutes or an hour to get through a school. Why? Mm -hmm. Got to hug a lot of people because even with the 30 second interaction with me, the mindset that they now have is, oh, Wynn is in the building. First of all, they all know I'm in the building. Wynn is in the building. He's happy. He's grateful. Mm. I'm safe here. Back to work. Wow, 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 wow. This is huge. It makes me realize um, the few times I've had to create a situation where, you know, either I'm asking someone to exit or actually having to terminate them, which I hate doing, but so- sometimes you have to do that. It is because mood is such an important part of culture. Like if I've got one person on my team who maybe, maybe they're not in a bad mood, but they're giving everyone else that impression because they're not interacting. They, their body language says stay away. Their body language says I'm going through something hard all the time. Like we all go through stuff, but if there's, if there's that one person who just can't pull it together and make other people feel comfortable, feel safe, it affects everybody's mood. 
course it does. Even if they're super productive, it's affecting every... And if I don't have people walking into my building each day saying, I love being here and I love the people that I'm with, then what they're doing is affecting my business no matter how productive they are. Yeah. You know, we have what we call our golden rules. And by the way, golden rules are discussed... Uh, on a daily basis, literally, they are poster size hanging in every single one of my locations. Can you share some of those with us? Yeah. Number two is always be in a great mood. Fake it when necessary. Oh, okay. And I, I have a good friend that says there's two reasons why he will fire an employee. The first reason is that they steal from him. Mm -hmm. The second reason is that they show up to work in a bad mood. He will fire them on the spot. Now, he will rehire them. Five minutes later, if they leave and come back in a good mood. <laughs> this probably works with children, too. Of course it does. <laughs> you know, but again, you're, you're paid to be in a good mood and whatever you need to do to get there. But, you know, you need to go take a walk around the block. You need to go listen to a wonderful motivational thing. You need to go have a cup of coffee. You need to go have a, I don't care, go have a cocktail. What do you got to do? But <laughs> you're paid to be in a good mood when you walk through these doors. You need to own the energy, own the be energy. responsible and accountable for the energy that you're bringing into every single space and talking to your people right now. If you're the entrepreneur with an employee base of one person, guess what? You have to own that mm. because if you're in a bad mood, say five minutes in one day, that now gives all your people permission to be in a bad mood 50 minutes a day. And that will turn into three days a week I can be in a bad If you show up out of dress code one time, you've now given your people permission to be out of dress code three times. Let's talk about dress code for a second. I think it, it, we've seen this tendency now in, you know, corporate America and, and it, even um, in pretty formal settings where people are dressed far more casually. And I'm I'm down with that. But like, Right now, I'm standing in a podcast room by myself. I'm standing. I'm in heels. I have a, you know, I'm, I'm dressed up as if I could also stand on stage. But it's my office, and I've told everyone they can dress casually. Um, but I'm just going to tell you, this is like an honest, true confession. And I'm going to, now my staff's going to know this. I think they take it too far. I think you can be casual and look put together, look polished. I don't want to look at you and wonder did they take a shower or do they not want to be here? Like you can, you can spiff yourself up in like five minutes. You freshen up your lip gloss, you re pull up your ponytail, you throw on some eyelashes and an outfit that matches it. You know, it doesn't have to be stage worthy, but I am going to be the first to say things have gotten too casual. And that always gives me the impression, like how seriously are you taking this? Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. And we had to address this. Uh, recently uh, within one of my corporate offices. I have two corporate offices and we had to uh, address that. Now, it's so funny because I'm in that corporate office right now and I just came from the gym. So I'm totally breaking the rule. That <laughs> but you know what? I saw you. I mean, because we're on video. I saw you. And, and to me, you look polished. You're, you're, everything matches. You look clean. Like that's my point is like, I, I'm okay yeah. with you even wearing fitness wear. I just think it needs to look presentable. Well, you can imagine how it is within, well, you're in the fitness and wellness industry. I'm in the beauty industry. And so mm -hmm. this is something that we address all day or not all day, every day mm -hmm. in every location. Mm -hmm. You know, again, we're in the beauty industry and, and girls sometimes their their hair is back like in a ponytail with a scrunchie. That's just not sexy. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't represent the brand. brand. Yeah. It doesn't sell our product. Yeah. And, 
Um, so so we, we, we address it all the time, but here's how I look at it. You know, we, we were talking earlier about systems, mm-hmm. that every company has to have systems for everything and everything. There's two qualities of a system. First quality is it's written down. We already talked about that. Everything from attitude to cleanliness to payroll to how we handle a complaining customer, all of that has to be written down. Mm-hmm. And if it's not written down, you don't have a system. Oh, wait a second. That was just too good to not say it a second time. If it's not written down, it's not a system. I mean, sit with that for a second, people. Even if it's something you do all the time, if it's not written down, it's not a system. That's so simple. Thank you. And you can't hold people accountable to something that's not written down. Yeah. But the second quality of a system is repetition of the system. And I'll because people will say, hey, when I, I took your advice and so we created a new dress code when it was written down, we wrote it all down, very detailed. I got the whole team together. We discussed every single point. They all agreed to it. But when the very next day, half of them showed up dressed inappropriately, how do I handle that? Mm. And the way I respond to that is I ask them, well, have you ever trained a dog? <laughs> how, how many times do you have to say sit? Here's the new dress code. Sit, sit, sit. Here's how you will handle that complaining customer. Sit, sit, sit. Mm-hmm. Meaning train, 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 coach, coach, coach. I can tell you right now, my staff is still discussing the same things in staff meetings and staff trainings that we were discussing 35 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, we are much further along. Than we were 35 years ago. I drive a better car and I live in a better house, but you never graduate from this stuff. I think that's an important takeaway for all leaders because we often find ourselves frustrated and almost blaming ourselves that we're having to repeat the same message. But that's that's what a leader does. A leader keeps other people accountable. A leader keeps people on track, on course, and nothing is more important in that process than repetition. And and again, that trickles down into being a great parent. It's that repetition. It's hearing the message over and over and over again and knowing that it's human nature to want to slip. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you hear entrepreneurs who complain, you know, why don't my people think the way I do? And I'm like, well, if they all thought the way you did, you wouldn't have any employees. They would all be off trying to start their own companies complaining about the fact that their people don't do it the way they want them to do it. When this has been so fantastic, I, um, so many takeaways. It's, it's remarkable. I still think that people are overwhelmed by the word brand. And it's perhaps one of the most common questions I get from entrepreneurs. They say, I don't know what my brand is. I have uh, an answer that I repeat constantly, which is it is who you are and what you stand for. But is there, a definition that you think might help my listeners better tap in or simplify that process of figuring out what their brand is? I would say um, exactly what you said. Your your brand is derived from who you are, who you want to be, mm. but it's also de- derived from who people perceive you to be. How do we know that? How do we, how do we really know that? You ask. Who do we ask? You ask employees, you ask customers. When people quit a company, what do they say? People quit uh, bosses more than they quit companies. Mm. If, if somebody quits me, I want to know why. 
I, I want to make sure that I, I don't just get pissed off about it. I, I want to know why. I need a I need a really good strong exit here. If a customer chooses to not do business with me anymore, we need to know why. We need to. We also need to do you know mystery shopping. We need to find out exactly is is our message being delivered by the people that we uh, have chosen to deliver that message, and is it delivered the way we want it to be delivered? And you know those are like people don't want to ask. Um, why a customer had a bad experience because they think that is bad news. They don't want to hear the bad news. It's not bad news. It's information. Okay. That's a great way to frame it because you're right. It does feel like, uh, I bet I know what they're going to say. And you, in your mind, you start telling a story and becoming defensive even before you know what it is. Oh, we make excuses. We place blame yes. rather than just take the information. I can grow from this information. Mm. And so, yes, your brand is who you are and, you want to do everything you can to develop that so you know who you are. You want to make sure that your behavior is aligned with that. Mm. You know, you can't say that who you are is a company that believes in wellness, but you smoke and drink heavily. Sorry, it just doesn't work. You don't have credibility. Yeah. So you make sure that your behavior, how you live your life every single day is in complete alignment, alignment with who you say you are, what your brand represents. Mm. Uh, but then also you have to understand people's perception. And, and, and sometimes that's, that's, that's the work that you have to do. Aside from flat out asking people, is there another way that we could tap into maybe a safer way? Because let's face it, you've got to have a lot of confidence to ask people for their honest feedback about who you are. That feels so personal. I can ask you how you feel about my, uh, my course on Instagram. I can ask you how you, I, you feel about a workout that I've created or a training that I've created. But to ask you what your perception of me is, that puts us in a pretty vulnerable place. Is, do you have any tips for how people can do this that maybe, um, gets them started in that direction without it being quite so painful or personal? Well, uh, again, mystery shopping, mm-hmm. you know, hire, hire people or ask people to mystery shop your company, mystery shop. But what about me personally? <laughs> this is a tough one. Mm. And, you know, but guess what? Entrepreneurs and leaders, there's life is not easy. And, and that's not what you signed up for. You did not sign up for something easy. If you wanted it easy, you would go work for somebody else and let them make all the bad decisions, let them, you know, have the courage to stand up to the things that we've been talking about today. So, but you didn't choose easy. And there, there's some wonderful surveys that you can send out surveys. anonymously to your people and to your customers. Surveys, emails, maybe? If you go online, I mean, you can research, there are surveys and, and you do it through SurveyMonkey or whatever mm-hmm. to your people mm-hmm. and, and, let, and ensure them and make sure that you have integrity in telling them this, that it, it will be anonymous. So you have no idea who the information is coming from, but I'll, I'll tell you, we do this within my company. And when we implemented it several years ago, the pushback and the resistance that I got for this, you know, was just unbelievable. And and those that finally did it, you know, to hear it for the first time, to hear it like, what, you know, did people react to that? And mm. how dare they say that? And who was it? You know, it's, you know, to, to, to work through that is, is also a really good journey. Yes. Well, I'm going to challenge, I'm going to challenge our listeners to that growth. If you've, wondered why you've lost a teammate or why certain customers have left or why maybe someone left your organization and joined someone else's. I'm going to encourage you to take Wynn's challenge today and prepare a, a survey on SurveyMonkey or to send off an email and and assuring them anonymity, but to really get their feedback because that is how we grow. And, you know, I, I try to do that as much as I can. And it's, I'm not saying I'm above it being painful. Yesterday, in fact, I got a message from 
an anonymous follower on Snapchat. And she said, you know, I just want to give you some feedback. Sometimes you say, I'm not I'm not going to explain this again. I've explained it a million times. And she said, I'm a new follower. And that felt disrespectful. And it felt like you're annoyed by your followers and that we have questions. But we're coming to you because we trust you. And that's why we ask those questions. And I thought, wow. That was great feedback. It really it changed my perspective. I thought, I felt like I was annoying my existing followers by kind of covering some of the same things repeatedly that they might ask. Um, but I, I realized from that perspective, the person I need to take care of and make a good first impression on is the person who I need to help feel safe, who's just joined my tribe, who's just started following me in Snapchat and and take it as an honor that they've asked me my opinion or to explain something. And by the way, your loyal followers love Shalene's greatest hits. <laughs> it's like going to a concert and your favorite band isn't, didn't play your favorite song. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a so really they're they're, they're point. fine to listen to your incredible input over and over and over again. You know, again, back to the repetition thing. Yeah. But, you know, but, but, but you're also a human being too. And so some, some message that you receive either from the person directly or anonymously, sometimes it hurts. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have a fake eye, and uh, every once in a while, it, it goes. Do you know? A little... I did not know that. Oh, I could take it out and prove We've it. We've known you, baby. each other for like ten years. I did not know that. But so there was this little online chat. I couldn't tell you if it was on Facebook. I don't know what it was on, mm-hmm. but this group of people that were making fun of my eye, and I, <gasps> I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 58 years old. I'm ready to. I'm, I'm going to go beat them up. Oh, my I'm hoops gonna, it, are off. I'm right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> it hurt. So I get it. I get it to hear feedback, even something so simple as I felt like I was back in high school. They're oh. making fun of my how I run in PE class or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it, 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 it hurts. But just, OK, take a deep breath. Create the systems that you need to have in place to receive the information, to act on the information. Some of it's valuable. Some of it may not be, but at least you Mm -hmm. opened up the lines of communication Mm -hmm. and you're open for that growth. So that would be a piece of information that is not valuable because there's nothing you can do about it. And I personally um, think it is important for us to look at things that might be uncomfortable if I can grow from it. If there's nothing, I, I can't change the fact that I'm 5'2". There's certain things I, I can't change uh, moving forward because it is who I am or it's something that's in the past. But there are those things that even though it might be a little uncomfortable, what's beautiful is I have the chance to grow and be better. And better is mm-hmm. better is better. Better is best. Like that's why that's what makes me feel alive is the opportunity to be a better human being. I'm right with you, baby. Would it be all right if they borrowed your um, Be Nice or Else and implemented that as their training guide for new hires? Because I'll tell you what, it's really changed the culture in our business. Thank you. Thank you. And and, and absolutely. Again, nobody owns this stuff. And uh, I'm, I'm honored when, when somebody finds some value in the things that I wrote or the things that I say. And, uh, I, you know, to, to, to have that influence with people, that's what I wanted. That was, that was part of my why way back then. I knew that I wanted to have a large circle of influence. Mm-hmm. Now, back when I made that decision, there were things in my life that, I, that weren't correct. Like I, I was a drug user. Obviously, I didn't want to have a large circle of influence as long as I was using drugs. And so I had to clean that 
up in my life. But I always, but it was that why, even when I was using drugs, mm. I still had that why. I still knew that I, I wanted my legacy to be one. And that, by the way, helped me overcome my addiction because mm. this just did not fit with my ongoing why and the legacy that I wanted to leave. You knew your legacy even when you were in the depths of despair. You knew you Absolutely. what you wanted your legacy to be. Absolutely, I did. Gosh, I hate to keep dragging this out. I was just about to say goodbye to you, but now I have to ask you this. How does somebody tap into their why? Like, how do I know what my why is? Trust, trust, trust your heart. Trust your gut. Mm. You know, if, if, if God or the universe or whatever you want to call it were to speak with you, were to send you messages, it would be through your heart. Mm. It's not just listen to your heart, obey your heart. And, and, and the person that you are right now, you know what? You may not be the person that you want to be, but thank God you're not the person that you used to be. Mm, yes. And this is just this ongoing journey. We're all on this together. Your podcasts and messages that you send out absolutely help people overcome addictions and bad marriages and and all kinds of things. And But you're, you're a storyteller, Shaleen. Well, so are everybody the people listening to this right now. Mm. You don't have to have a huge audience to be a storyteller. And I think that the best teachers, the best mentors are storytellers. And I think a lot of people think that you're only supposed to s- share your stories of victories and of success. Uh-uh. Sometimes the stories of, of failure, the, the stories of falling down, mm-hmm. the, the stories of personal vulnerability are the stories that help people relate to you. Yes, they do. And, and that's what you're selling. Your brand is you. It's the why behind you. I want to be a good dad. Mm. Well, I can't be a smoker. I can't be a, a drug addict and be a good dad. Oof. I want to be a good son. I call my mom every single day. She's 90 years old. I call mom every single day. I want to live a long, healthy life. I'll be 70 when my daughter graduates from high school. Well, then I need energy. I got to be at the gym. I got to be eating well. And so all of these things, and it's, it's the falling down a lot that is what has motivated me and propelled me into becoming a better person because I learned from that. But it's also me telling those stories that helps other people overcome their stuff because they look at me and they think, well, he's doing okay. So, and yet he overcame that. So I guess there's hope for me. Mm. Wynn Claybaugh, you are, as I said it before, you are a unicorn. You're rare. You're a beautiful gift to everyone who knows you. Your friends know what a dear, honest, loyal um, person of integrity you are. And it's it's a rare individual. And, and I just can't thank you enough for taking the time to share your message here with my audience on Build Your Tribe. I'm honored. And, and the fact that you would trust me with your tribe, <laughs> ah, you have no idea. I'll get emotional thinking about that. Thank you. When, where can people reach out and connect with you? My website is winclaybaugh.com. So W-I-N-N-C-L-A-Y-B-A-U-G-H.com. And by the way, all my brands. <laughs> so there's a speaker section, an author section, a Paul Mitchell school owner section. There's a philanthropist section. All my brands live under that one website. One umbrella. I love it. Wayne Claybaugh, thank you so much. My pleasure, sweetheart. I love that guy. He's just amazing. And what I've said about Wynne on many occasions is I've met a lot of people who know a lot of people. You know what I mean? 
And there are those people who, as much as I love them, they're still braggadocious, right? Like they, they know all these people. And as many times as I've told them, Hey, you don't, you don't need to name drop around me or just try to give them the impression that that doesn't impress me. You don't have to do that with Wynn. He never brags. He never name drops. He's just kind and present and philanthropist, like through and through. He's just like, he's one of the sweetest, kindest, truest people I know. And I, I really appreciate that because unfortunately, I think it's rare when people reach a certain level of success. Oh, gosh, I hate to even say this, but you know that people are weird. Even rich people are weird. Even uber successful people have their little hangups and ego centered motivation. Wynn is not that guy. He's just like, he's legit. So I hope you really enjoyed that. Do me a favor. Pick up his book. Be nice or else. You may even end up making it your new higher handbook. It's really that good. And don't forget to let me know what you thought about this episode. You know how to reach me on the socials. Please let me know you just listened to this. Let me know what you thought and tell me what your favorite takeaway was. I really appreciate that you spend this time with me. I do, I do, I do, and I will never take it for granted. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. It is my goal to serve you by being brief, being bright, making it fun, and then being done. So we're done. This episode has been brought to you by the Smart Life Push Journal. If you're the type of individual who loves to make lists, keep yourself on task, get organized, and there just don't seem to be enough hours in the day. This is a convenient, lightweight, simple to use 30-day system. This is not just a day planner. And learn how you can get your health, fitness, life, and goals organized and develop the laser focus you need to have the life that you deserve. Check it out. Go to smartlifepushjournal.com.